Today is Monday, February 28th, 2022, and Ukraine strikes back. Ukrainian missiles are blowing up Russian tanks. Russian members of the military are surrendering to Ukrainian forces and being pushed back around the country. The world is rejecting the Russian play to topple Ukraine, and even the Russian military is admitting this is a tougher battle than we planned on. The Russian ruble is in full free fall, and the Russian stock market is imploding. So why so much fighting over Ukraine? We'll take a historic look into the killing fields of Ukraine as it is known throughout history and why this country has been so war-torn. And also in this show, Trump demolished Biden's weakness at CPAC, proving that strong men create good times. Is this Trump's Churchill moment? We'll find out. My name is Benny Johnson and this is The Benny Show. The ruble plunges as Ukrainian and Russian officials prepare to meet at the Belarus border hours after President Putin put his nuclear forces on higher alert. Stocks slump and oil surges the most since 2020 as Western nations target SWIFT and Bank of Russia assets with new sanctions. Metals and wheat jump. Plus, BP moves to dump its shares in oil giant Rosneft while Norway starts to remove Russian assets from the world's biggest sovereign wealth fund. The tail risk has now become the base case with Russia amplifying, intensifying its invasion of Ukraine and the West moving to isolate Russia. The fear, the risk is now that this is a market whose plumbing is about to freeze and the market turmoil seizing up. The ruble exemplifies the danger that we've seen this morning. At one point overnight, you had banks quoting as much as a 50% discount on the ruble. It is down some 30% this morning. Northwest of their capital, Ukrainian military officials are claiming success attacks against Russian forces, sharing this video of a drone attack. As the fighting continues, officials in Ukraine and Russia have agreed to talks on Monday morning, set to take place on the Ukrainian border with Belarus. The Czech Republic now joining Poland and Sweden in refusing to play Russia in the 2022 World Cup playoffs next month in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The Czech Republic are potential opponents for Russia in next month's qualifiers. The Czech Soccer Association's executive committee said it unanimously approved a decision that the Czech national team will not in any case play Russia. War is horrifying. Have you ever fought in a war? Do you have a family member who's fought in a war? Do you know somebody who went to Iraq, Afghanistan, Vietnam? Was your grandfather in Korea or perhaps World War II, depending on how old you are? Do you know stories from your grandparents of war? I certainly do. It's horrifying. We don't want war. We want peace. Natural law is the law of the universe and might makes right. Peace through strength. That's the way Reagan did it. That's the way Trump did it. And that's what we advocate for on this show. There's a lot going around right now to not cheerlead for Ukraine or cheerlead for Russia or so on and so forth. We think all that is trash. We simply want to state unequivocally that war, especially unprovoked war that uh, excises civilian casualties that strikes residential buildings, that hurts innocent people, this is evil. That it will have consequences and effect on our world that are devastating. And the consequences of war oftentimes are worse than the war itself. The long-lasting horrors of a war can destroy a people forever. You can see this in nations across the world. 
And that is why we are saddened to see what was going on in Ukraine over the past few days and why we wish to bring you some good news this morning. War is evil, and those nations who wage war against innocent civilians, also very, very evil. But we have good news for you today. The consequences of war on Russia have been severe. They have been uh, absolutely, I think, totally not what the Russians thought they were going to get when they marched into Ukraine, I believe. And according to multiple assessments from the writers on military uh, on military topics that I trust, not unverified weird bots on Twitter or hacks who are paid to say certain things but people that actually have integrity, I think the Russians expected Ukrainians to just belly up and roll over, and they've gotten the exact opposite. Let's start with the Russian economy right now. Russia's economy is in a complete nosedive. The ruble lost about 20% of its value at the trade to the dollar at 6 a.m. after plummeting as much as 40%. So if you have your money in rubles, <laughs> kind of similar to American inflation right now, but if you have your money in rubles, you've lost approximately half your value. Not good for the Russian people who are already functioning on an economy that's around $1.5 trillion a year that's bad. Russia's economy created as many jobs last year as America's economy did in January. The stock market was delayed and then canceled entirely, according to a statement from the country's central bank. So the Russian stock market is in absolute chaos right now. The reverberations of Russia's invasion of Ukraine continue to ripple across multiple sectors of the planet, including the Russian sports world, where Russia will presumably be disqualified from engaging in the World Cup. That is a very, very big deal. I lived in Europe for quite a while. The World Cup is pretty much everything to these people. Even Switzerland right now has had a historic breach with neutrality. Switzerland was neutral during World War II, and Switzerland has joined the EU in their harsh sanctions on Russia. Switzerland's neutrality is no longer. Moments ago, Reuters reported that the Swiss government will be sanctioning Russian oligarchs. That will be very, very bad. Switzerland is obviously where a lot of rich people, especially particularly nefarious people, keep their money. This is bad for Switzerland. Uh, reversal there. This is bad for Russian oligarchs because Switzerland is often a safe place because of it's neutrality, meaning Switzerland will just let you bank and they don't really care who you are. Your assets are safe there no longer. The Swiss government says that they will begin to freeze the assets of targeted people and companies from Russia. The Swiss government has adopted financial sanctions against President Putin and his Russian oligarchs. Ladies and gentlemen, they say that there are decades when nothing happens and then there are weeks when decades happen. Those kind of weeks are happening right now. Ukraine is on fire, Russia has attacked, and Europe is feeling the stress of war. The markets are also feeling that stress, and they are crashing around the globe. So are currencies. Have you checked the price of the ruble lately? People are losing everything that they have worked their entire lives for. But fortunately, gold is up. That's because gold is stood the test of time. Its value is secure. And if you are not yet invested in gold, I highly recommend it, especially in times like these. Birch Gold is the only people I trust 
to diversify my savings into gold. And if you haven't done this, you're missing the boat. Let them help you convert your IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered gold IRA that is secure in tough, tumultuous times like this. You see the markets go up. You see them crash down. You see fiat currencies get lit on fire around the world. But if you've invested in gold, you are secure. I trust Birch Gold, and that's why I am proud to partner with them. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. And if you text Benny right now to the number 989898, you will get a no-cost, no-obligation info kit. Text Benny to 989898 to start securing what you have worked so hard for in these trying times. Benny to 989898 for Birch Gold. But as Switzerland is joining in the sanctions against Russia, Ukraine may be joining Switzerland in the European Union. This breaking seconds literally ago. This is why we are a few minutes late in our broadcast today. The Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, has officially signed an application to join the European Union. Well, that is a bombshell. That I mean, there are bombshells dropping across Ukraine. That may be the largest bombshell ever dropped on Russia, as the entire goal here was in order to keep Ukraine neutral and to keep Ukraine out of the sphere of influence economically and militarily of the European Union and the West. The goal was neutrality for Ukraine, and they are getting the opposite. This is another massive failure. Failures are abounding, and we actually don't know precisely what this means as it pertains to NATO. NATO is the military alliance. You can be part of the EU without being a part of NATO. Switzerland and Finland are not part of NATO. They are also having their borders threatened right now by Russia, a smaller story that I think bears a lot of importance. They are seeing incursions into their airspace by weird drones. It's very, very scary time to live in these countries. They are part of the European Union, but not a part of NATO. NATO has an article, Article 5, that says that if your country is invaded, then all of the NATO members will join together in order to defend it. It makes a very, very powerful pact there, as many NATO countries are indeed nuclear powers, the U.S. obviously among them. So... It is a very important thing to be part of NATO, especially if you are in a war-torn country. But Ukraine joining the EU, well, that's a big deal as well, as EU nations are very likely to support each other and to make sure that they defend their own borders. So what is the defense of Ukraine looking like right now? Well, footage released by Ukrainian military officials show Russian tanks and missile systems being destroyed by drones this weekend. So Ukraine is hitting back and hitting back hard. A lot of fake footage out there, a lot of fake stories. We have worked very hard in vetting over the past 24 hours our show for you today. So we want to make sure that we are showing you real legitimate footage. That footage there has been uh, 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 shown on multiple news sources and verified by multiple military experts. Ukraine is striking back and the Russian military is beginning to become demoralized as they thought this would be a very easy incursion, invasion, and then uh, ascension into installing a puppet regime inside of Ukraine. A Ukrainian official released this footage 
saying that they were taking out a Russian missile system. We also have reports of Ukraine launching missiles into Russia and Russian territory and hitting military targets, uh, including a helicopter base. So these are the moments when it just doesn't seem as though this battle is going to be as easy as Vladimir Putin perhaps thought. And indeed, multiple anonymous sources are saying that, dude, these Russian military leaders are toast if they end up getting bogged down in Ukraine. Armed forces in Ukraine released an estimate of Russia's losses, including one anti-aircraft missile system. Ukrainian officials account uh, also listed 4,300 personnel killed or wounded, 200 prisoners of war, 46 aircraft, 26 helicopters, 146 tanks, and 107 armored vehicles. So Russian forces are reaching and meeting severe deterrence inside of Ukraine in spite of the fact that Ukraine has virtually no allies and is essentially defending itself. If Ukraine had its EU application accepted, again, this is breaking news right now, if the EU accepted Ukraine, I believe that there would be an enormous amount of military weaponry flooded into the country and multiple other countries would join the action. We'll see. We'll see. Russia has failed to overturn the capital of Kiev, which Western officials believe would happen within 24 to 48 hours after the invasion. It's now been nearly a week. Russia's Minister of Defense finally acknowledged that their military is suffering huge losses for the first time, although he refused to detail how many. Satellite images show a three-and-a-half-mile convoy of Russian ground forces with hundreds of military vehicles moving toward Kiev. So, Obviously, the war is not over, nor is the battle over. However, as we follow breaking news, I think it's important to uh, bring to your attention that the Russians and the Ukrainians have met inside of a Bela in, in Belarus in a uh, neutral meeting location. And this is ongoing right now. I have nothing to report other than the meeting has ended and now the delegations are going back to their capitals to talk about peace talks, perhaps. I mean, presumably, you'd have to assume this. Uh, peace talks going on, no doubt, because the Russians are seeing more severe losses than they thought they would in this arena. Satellite images show ground forces stretched out more than three miles on the road closer to Ukraine's capital. The forces include infantry and support vehicles. Yesterday, Putin ordered his nuclear forces on high alert. Whoa. Yeah. Scary times. Very scary times. At the same time, Belarus declared that it would begin a nuclear program and would stop its policy of not maintaining nuclear weapons. So, a scary time, and I think you're about to see the nuclear arsenals of the world and a nuclear arms race uh, explode, uh, for lack of a better term, around the globe. Uh, because countries now view nuclear weapons as the true deterrent to getting their nations invaded. Bill Clinton, in all of his extreme wisdom, the Clintons, of course, very much to blame for the catastrophe that is Ukraine right now, uh, Bill Clinton, in all of his wisdom, convinced Ukraine to give up their nuclear weapons to Russia after the Soviet Union fell in the 1990s if Ukraine had just held on to those nuclear weapons and perhaps pointed them back at Russia or maybe just pointed them in all directions, uh, then they wouldn't be 
invaded right now because that would be mutually assured destruction. Just a few nuclear blasts on your continent and in your country can essentially cripple your nation forever. The tolls and the damage would be otherworldly and the nuclear weapons, of course, now far more powerful than the nuclear weapons dropped in World War II, the only times that nuclear weapons were used in a advanced military operation and in a attack, military attack. Nuclear meltdowns have happened, however, inside of Ukraine. You don't have to explain to Ukrainians exactly how damaging nuclear uh, nuclear radiation can be, as Chernobyl lies inside of Ukraine, still a thousand miles that nobody can live in because of the Russians' incompetence in running their own nuclear weapons. We have actually an entire people's history of Ukraine to explain to you exactly why are people fighting over this land. It's very, very interesting. What are the killing fields of Ukraine and why are they some of the bloodiest lands in all of the world? Well, ladies and gentlemen, they're trying to keep Russian planes from making Ukraine even deadlier. Countries are closing their airspace and their economies also to Russia and Russian planes. A number of countries have announced that they will close their airspace to Russian planes. In response, Russia closed their airspace to airplanes of 36 countries, including Germany, Spain, Italy, and Canada. Okay, so you can't fly to St. Petersburg and look at the little the, the art inside of their art museum. In a major shift, Germany will now send weapons to Ukraine. That wasn't happening uh, at the onset of this, and now Germany will be sending lethal weapons to Ukraine following Donald Trump's move in 2017. The significant shifts show that the German government will send weapons and other supplies directly to Ukraine, which is fighting to keep Russians from invading its capital city. Germany is also ready to support some restrictions of the swift banking global system, for Russia officials said. Germany's chancellery announced that it will send 1,000 anti-tank weapons and 500 Stinger surface-to-air missiles as quickly as possible. Those are the kind of missiles that shoot down helicopters. The Russian invasion of Ukraine marks a turning point. It threatens our entire post-war order, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz said in a statement. This is the situation, and it's our duty to help Ukraine to the best of our ability and to defend against Vladimir Putin's invading army. He is right, and Ukraine is in desperate need, obviously, of help, but they are fighting back. I think the banning of Russia from the swift global banking system would be a very scary thing. The only reason that this system exists is to encourage cross-border co- uh, coordination and trade. This is a banking system that 200 nations around the world uses. They use them for massive transactions and for trades uh, uh, of all manner of goods, but is a centralized system that everybody uses and benefits from. And so banning a country from the system will kneecap its economy uh, faster than Tanya Harding at the Olympics. And so this is certainly a huge move. It hasn't happened yet. The Biden team, always the last and the slowest, jumped on uh, increasing their Russian sanctions just this weekend. Biden said last week that he has to wait a couple months to see if the sanctions work. The Biden team has been caught extremely flat-footed as it pertains to the war in Ukraine. Obviously, the Europeans are leading here, and it's very, very depressing. Uh, Donald Trump also gave a speech this last weekend, 
showed exactly what real leadership would look like inside of Ukraine. Donald Trump famously threatening to bomb Moscow if Putin did exactly what he's doing right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we pause our program for just a moment to give you an exciting announcement from our friends at The Daily Wire. The Daily Wire is now making feature-length films, and the world premiere of their first film, Shut In, reached over half a million views upon its release. That is more people than watch Don Lemon's show on CNN every night. (laughs) And it currently has an audience score of 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Daily Wire worked night and day to make this film, and it shows it had me on the edge of my seat. You gotta watch it. It's exclusively streaming for Daily Wire members, and if you're not one, you are missing out. Support conservatives making movies. Support movies without a woke agenda. This might be The Daily Wire's first original production. It will not be their last. The Daily Wire also released a new trailer for Hyperions, an anti-superhero movie, and Terror on the Prairie. The new Western starring the amazing, uncancelable Gina Carano. It's coming this summer, so go to thedailywire.com slash subscribe to get a membership today. Use the code Betty for 20% off your new membership. Go. So, ladies and gentlemen, why? Why the bloodshed? Why the bloodshed in Ukraine? Why the horrors that we are seeing on this specific piece of land? What is Ukraine. What is a Ukraine? Where does this nation come from? What is this place? We were asking these questions last week. As many Americans are, we're relatively ignorant of our own history, much less European history. And we thought it'd be actually quite interesting in this show to talk about why Ukraine is such a bloody field that has been fought over for generations by some of the most megalomaniacal and evil Uh, bloodthirsty regimes in human history. Why? Why is this place so sought after? Why are these fields so stained with the blood of patriots and innocent civilians? A very brief history of what is Ukraine? What is a Ukraine? So let's start off with Ukraine as a nation as it stands today. Ukraine is the second largest European country after Russia. It has 233,000 square miles of land, that is massive, and it has almost 2,000 miles of coastline, making it very easy to trade, get goods in and out. Very important for a country to have coastline. The landscape of Ukraine consists mostly of fertile plains, crisscrossed with rivers. There are tall mountains in Ukraine, and the snowmelt from these mountains feeds the rivers and waterfalls. There are significant natural resources in Ukraine, including iron ore, coal, manganese, natural gas, oil, salt, sulfur, graphite, titanium, magnesium, nickel, mercury, timber, and an abundance of farmland. Ukraine is blessed with rich natural resources. And you will see here that it is those resources that have led to the dark history of Ukraine being one of... I would argue the worst places for you to want to live, certainly throughout the last 100 to 150 years of European history. Perhaps some of the most fought over land, uh, this side of the Holy Land and Jerusalem. The Greeks, Romans, and Byzantine colonies thousands of years ago set up trade routes throughout Ukraine using its shores. 
Ukraine was the center of the first Slavic state called the Kievan Rus. This was the largest and most powerful state in Europe in the 10th and 11th century. So Ukraine has a very long history in Europe and has a very proud history in Europe as a people. Mongol invasions and civil war weakened this empire, the Kievan Rus, and it was eventually incorporated into the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth. The culture and religious legacy of the Kievan Rus laid the foundations of Ukrainian nationalism that we still see today. During the latter part of the 18th century, most Ukrainian territory was absorbed by the Russian Empire, Catherine the Great, ring a bell. Following the collapse of Tsarist Russia in 1917, Ukraine was able to achieve a short-lived period of independence. That's after the communists took over Russia. The Bolshevik Revolution is what it's called. Ukraine sort of got a little bit of independence, but then was reconquered almost immediately by brutal Soviet force, Joseph Stalin. He engineered two forced famines in which over 8 million people died. That is horrific what Stalin did. There's a reason why the Ukrainians sort of hate the Russians, don't want to be Russian. If you talk to a Ukrainian, they don't really want to be Russians. Well, it's a dark history between, between Ukraine and Russia. Stalin essentially took those fertile lands of Ukraine, grew crops on those lands, and then brought it all back to Russia, letting the Ukrainians starve to death. Adolf Hitler obsessed over Ukraine and its natural resources, especially oil. Germany needed oil. Germany has very little to none to no natural oil. So to run its war machine, Hitler had to go and take the oil fields of Ukraine. After invading Russia in 1941, Hitler conquered Ukraine very quickly. Nazi rule over Ukraine was brutal. 2.2 million Ukrainians were enslaved by the German war machine brought back to Germany for essentially servant labor. 1.5 million Ukrainian Jews died as a result of Nazi racial policies as they ruled over the country. German and Soviet armies were responsible for 7 to 8 million more deaths on the soil of Ukraine in fighting and in purging and in militant and civilian warfare and in scorched earth policies that were just horrific. If the Germans advanced, the Soviets would burn the factories, would strip them apart, would flood the mines, and would essentially destroy the villages. They don't care if people were living in them. As Germany retreated, they did the same. Ukraine got hit hard. Ukraine tallied the second highest casualties of any nation in World War II. This is why people call the territory the killing fields of Ukraine. It's still a dark title that it holds to this day. Ukraine endured 60 more years of Soviet slavery after World War II as the satellite state of Moscow. Russian incompetence managing a nuclear reactor in Ukrainian territory led to the Chernobyl nuclear meltdown a disaster which killed and displaced thousands of Ukrainians in 1986. This was the worst peacetime radiation disaster in human history, and thousands of square miles of Ukraine remains uninhabitable due to excess radiation. A report prepared by the International Atomic Energy Agency and World Health Organization attributed 56 deaths to the initial accident and over 4,000 cancer deaths due to radiation. So thousands of people died at Russian incompetence with the management of their reactors. Ukraine won independence in 1991 with the dissolution of the Soviet Union, but government corruption stalled the efforts to reform, privatize, and 
allow the Ukrainian people to have civil liberties. Peaceful mass protests became the norm in Ukraine as multiple presidents resigned after scandals of election rigging hmm, and abuse of power. In 2013, most recently, President Yanukovych began to favor Russian economic ties over the EU. This led to a three-month protest and an occupation of Kiev's central square. You might remember this. The government's eventual use of deadly force to break up the protest led to the president's abrupt ouster from power. In the chaotic aftermath, Russia seized part of Crimea. You will certainly remember that. Russian separatist regions broke apart from Ukraine also. Those regions just recently uh, uh, declared their independence, and that independence was recognized by Russia. That was the start of this current war. In 2017, Donald Trump approved the sale of lethal weapons to Ukraine amid Russian aggression in the region. In 2019, a television comedian, this is stranger than fiction, ladies and gentlemen, named Volodymyr Zelensky, won the presidency of Ukraine after starring in a TV show about a comedian winning the presidency of Ukraine. You can go find trailers for that show still right now on YouTube. The <laughs> current president, Zelensky, a man with great honor, you know, he was pressured by the Biden administration to leave his country and to flee, which would have absolutely led to the destruction of Kiev, would have led to the collapse of the nation. That dude is still Zelensky. He's a comedian, and he is showing more strength and honor than anyone in the American political ruling class as it stands today. Well, anyway, he was a TV show actor who starred, I mean, this is real. I mean, it's insane, but this is real. He starred in a comedy about winning the presidency of Ukraine, runs for the presidency of Ukraine, wins it in real life. Well, the power of television, ladies and gentlemen. Zelensky, in his real presidency, not his TV presidency, began an anti-corruption probe against Russian oligarchs, Russian companies, and he moved the country towards warming to the European Union. This really pissed off Putin, and in 2021, Putin began amassing his forces near Ukraine's border, and now we get to today. That is our breakdown of Ukraine's bloody history. I think it's important to note that Ukraine has often been the jewel in uh, many evil rulers' crown. They wanted it. It is rich in natural resources. It is in a strategically important location for many countries in the region. It's massive. And Ukraine has, of course, a very contentious relationship with Russia, who has oppressed its people, slaughtered its people, burned their villages, uh, uh, released deadly nuclear radiation upon its land, and, and, and starved, created fake famines for its people, killing millions, uh, as Joseph, Joseph Stalin did. So, that is where we get to today. So this whole Russian-Ukraine thing, this whole, like, we're going to fight each other, Ladies and gentlemen, that has been going on for quite a while, and I doubt that it will end anytime soon. 
Although we are extremely, we are extremely hopeful that perhaps the end of the end of this conflict uh, may be at hand as we follow during our show, follow closely the breaking news of the two parties meeting in Belarus uh, and talking about and talking about ending this war and peace talks. You would have peace right now in Ukraine. I don't think there would be a single drop of blood currently in Ukraine if you had stronger American leadership. Weakness leads to hard times. Hard times create strong men because strong men rise in hard times and have the will to power. Those strong men create good times, and the good times then create weak men. Joe Biden is a man of weakness. Joe Biden does not come from hard times. Joe Biden comes from weak weakness, a position of weakness. He's has been weak on this entire front. In The Federalist this weekend, they ran with an incredible story talking about how Joe Biden, yes, indeed, led to the invasion of Ukraine through his own weakness and also through the allowance of Russian pipelines to continue. Incredible. Some of his first acts as president, Joe Biden, killed an American pipeline, which would have delivered close to a million barrels of oil a day to our country. Our country. As it stands right now, we import 800,000 barrels a day from Russia. Under Donald Trump, we were a net exporter of energy. We had surplus energy. We could give it to the world and we could help manufacture and control the way the world economy worked from a much heavier hand. Under Joe Biden, we are a weakened, feeble country that must import our oil from our enemies, enriching our enemies, much as we do with China. This weakness was, of course, sensed by the worst regimes in the world, and now they see it as a time to strike. America has been crippled by our importation of fuel. And by the way, you can track Russia's invasion of countries to the price of oil. It's pretty clear. If oil shoots up, then Russia can invade because then it has cash reserves and it can pay for invasions. They did this with Crimea under Barack Obama, and they're now doing it again under Joe Biden. Oil prices skyrocketed, $100, $150 for a barrel of oil, and the destabilization, obviously, of the dollar as the petrodollar, our U.S. dollar as the reserve currency, also terrifying around the planet. If you were to eliminate the petrodollar, boy, we would become a third world country real fast. This would be a very bad thing for our nation. And so we must stress calm. And we must stress natural law. See, the libs don't believe in natural law, but natural law is real. It is grounded in the way that we are designed, the way that human beings have functioned forever. You merely have to study history. It can be modern. It can be ancient to find that natural law is real. Might does make right. And so you better be strong if you are a nation. You better be powerful and you better be scary. If you are a good nation and a moral nation, you will demand 
that you be strong and scary in order to ensure that evil nations do not rise. Joe Biden is our current Neville Chamberlain. He is a weak leader that attempted to give Russia everything it wanted in hopes for peace. It doesn't work. It never works. But these people are not students of natural law. These people are students of a fake ideology that says that unicorns and rainbows and fluff and quizzling inside the State Department makes right. It doesn't. These people are cowards. They will not stand up, and it is time for leaders who do. Ladies and gentlemen, Winston Churchill found himself in extreme defeat in the parliament in the 30s. He was kicked out of office. He came roaring back when people wanted strength once more. Maybe this is Donald Trump's Churchillian moment. Who knows? The weakness of our current Neville Chamberlain, Joe Biden, uh, is being seen and is quite sickening to all Americans who are watching it. The polls show this. Donald Trump came roaring back in a political speech this weekend at CPAC, where Donald Trump explained precisely what his plans were for the weakening of the West by the socialists, the globalists, and the communists. You got to hear it for yourself. Quite a speech. This is my favorite line in the entire speech. This is good Trump. Go. The socialists, globalists, Marxists, and communists who are attacking our civilization have no idea of the sleeping giant they have awoken. We are a sleeping giant. They cannot even begin to imagine the brave and righteous spirit they've unleashed in men and women like all of you here today. And this is some crowd. We broke the record again. We broke the record again. But they're going to find out the hard way starting on November 8th and then again, even more so on November 2024. They will find out like never before. We did it twice, and we'll do it again. We're going to be doing it again a third time. 2022 will be the year that millions of everyday citizens stand up to the left-wing fascists, and they'll continue, and we will all continue together to make America great again. Is this Donald Trump's Churchill moment? Is this Donald Trump's moment where he brings the world back from the brink and people are desperate for leadership and strength once more? We hope so. We certainly do. We need American strength and American leadership more than ever. You can see the disaster at hand when we do not have it. Trump says, under Bush, Russia invaded Georgia. Under Obama, Russia took Crimea. Fact check, true. Under Biden, Russia invaded Ukraine. Fact check, true. I stand as the only president of the 21st century on whose watch Russia did not invade another country. Fact check, true. Listen. Under Bush, Russia invaded Georgia. Under Obama, Russia took Crimea. Under Biden, Russia invaded Ukraine. 
I stand as the only president of the 21st century on whose watch Russia did not invade another country. There's a theory going around right now. Uh, it's a theory that I <laughs> completely support. It's called the madman theory. I've seen it happen in, I've seen it happen in, in real life. I've, I, you know, I, I got some really interesting back-end access to the Trump White House. I was able to sort of see and hear how the White House operated under Trump. A number of friends who worked in the administration, a number of people who've told me some very fascinating stories offhand. And let me tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, the madman theory is correct. The madman theory says that Trump was a madman. <laughs> Trump's own supporters called him a madman. Trump's own administration officials called him nickname madman. And you can view that as an insult, I suppose, depending on where which political direction you're coming from. I viewed it as a strength position because when your enemies don't know what you're about to do and when your enemies believe that you are a dangerous person under control, but a dangerous person, then they don't act out. They're aware that dangerous people can make dangerous decisions and can create bad times for their country. So here, ladies and gentlemen, we have the New York Post, the New York Post, a story about how Donald Trump handled his geopolitical enemies around the world. Uh, the geopolitical enemies around the world, like Putin and like Xi Jinping. According to the New York Post, in Vladimir Putin, Donald Trump said that if you invade Ukraine and grab land on my watch, then we are going to bomb Moscow. Putin, according to this article, laughed and thought that Donald Trump was joking. And Donald Trump said, no, no, all those beautiful golden turrets will be blown up. Talking about some of the more famous buildings inside of Moscow. A similar story involves President Chinese President Xi Jinping. It was during his visit to Mar-a-Lago in 2017 when Trump famously interrupted their chocolate cake dessert to declare that he had ordered a U.S. military, the U.S. military, to fire 59 Tomahawk cruise missiles at a Syrian Air Force base that the Syrian government used for chemical weapons against rebels and civilians. During the same visit, Trump reportedly told Xi that a military move against Taiwan would be met with an attack on Beijing. Xi, like Putin, was said to have been stunned, but thought it was possible that Trump was being serious. It was possible that both accounts are exaggerated, says the writer of this New York Post piece, but neither country made moves, military moves, uh, against independent and sovereign nations during that time. So, hey man, might makes right. In the same article, Trump is said to have sent Angela Merkel a white flag in the mail saying that it's a flag of surrender so you don't have to go buy a new one. Wow. Ouch. 
Woof. <laughs> That's as it pertains to Germany not having a stronger hand to play against Russia and buying a lot of Russian oil. Ladies and gentlemen, Donald J. Trump, the most important thing you can say as uh, you watch these clips of Trump and watch the results of Donald Trump on the world stage is that these leaders, man, they respected him. You got to respect the madman. And when the madman's running the biggest economy in the world, and when the madman is running uh, one of the largest nuclear arsenals and the largest standing military and navy in the world, you got to respect him. You can see that respect here in (laughs) clip clip 12 of, uh, in clip 12, Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin shaking hands. You can see the respect and you can see... I don't know, man. The size different. Vladimir Putin's like a short dude. He's like, what, 5'5", five, five, according to reports? Teeny little man. Teeny little man. Donald Trump towers over him and almost yanks his arm out of his socket. Check it out. Clip 12. My team is telling me that Vladimir Putin is actually 5'7". All right, well, we're going to pivot, ladies and gentlemen, to nature, natural law, to the laws of nature, and as it pertains to our country and our survival. What has Joe Biden done? Well, tomorrow Joe Biden will give the State of the Union, and we're going to give our own State of the Union for our morning show. We're going to tell you exactly the State of the Union under Joe Biden. We're going to show you... (laughs) You might have seen it today, clips from nature, but the nature of human beings and the nature of a country that is in peril, the nature of a country that is truly wondering whether it's seen its best days behind it. We've been here before, we can be saved. And we're going to talk about it tomorrow on the show. I'm very, very excited about that. Tomorrow evening, we're going to be covering Joe Biden's State of the Union live. We'll be live on all of our platforms. You'll be able to watch the State of the Union and comment with us. We'll have the comments on screen. I'll be live on uh, a little in a little box, right? And we'll be able to talk smack to Biden. We'll be able to fact check him in real time. We'll be able to talk about your comments and show your comments again, interacting on screen with you. Uh, and so please join us tomorrow morning for our own State of the Union, tomorrow night for our live commentary during Joe Biden's State of the Union. A lot of laughter, presumably there. Uh, and then afterwards, we're going to be joined by a number of members of Congress, some badass people that you know, big names, and we are going to be having a great time. It's going to be a really, really fun show. We hope that you will join us. Ladies and gentlemen, our show today, we thank you for watching. It is important to cover, not necessarily because we are cheerleading for one side or another uh, inside of a, you know, inside of a conflict that, man, I've never seen so many so many uh, differing opinions inside of my own party, right? I'm a conservative, I'm a Republican. Inside of my own party, man, there is a lot of thoughts on what's going on in Eastern Europe right now. My thoughts are, are and always will be perpetually with my country. It's where I raise my kids. It's where my home is. It's where I go to church. It's where my family lives, my parents, who will be moving down to Florida very soon, and we're very, very excited about that. 
This is the country that I care about the most. And you're no good man unless you care about your country first. And so this is the country, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, I'm concerned with our border. I'm, I'm concerned with our border more than Ukraine's border. It's true. I'm concerned with our economy because it underpins peace around the world. I'm concerned with the state of our military as it may be needed as we watch aggressors rise around the world and on the world stage. Ladies and gentlemen, I am America first. I care about this country a lot. And so that's what we wanted to focus our show on today, merely explaining that American weakness, our weakness projected onto the earth can lead to suffering around the globe. And I fear we haven't seen the end of it. We'll see what China does with Taiwan. They're watching very, very closely and certainly not doing anything to uh, mitigate the Ukraine problem. Joe Biden, in his infinite wisdom, handed intel to the communist Chinese, which handed it directly to Russia, LOL, that according to the New York Times this weekend. We have to be a serious country. We have to be a strong country. We have to be a country led by strong people. So ladies and gentlemen, let's join the fight. Let's save America, God, family, country. That's what we care about on this channel. Thank you for watching. God bless you. Have a great Monday.